Our scripture in this morning comes from Mark, the sixth chapter, verses 30 through 44. Now, um, these past couple of weeks, we've been doing a series together looking at four different visions of the church that we find in the Gospel of Mark. The first Sunday, we talked about the church as a house of worship. We talked about how we're, um, we're meant to, uh, to, to, to remove all obstacles between people and the feet of Jesus. Uh, the next Sunday, we talked about the church as a boat of witness. We talked about um, going out and meeting people where they're at and, uh, and telling them about Jesus. Um, last week, we talked about the church as a tree of nurture. We talked about discipleship and attending to the things that are, are truly important as we nurture disciples that grow upward and outward. Well, this morning, um, I see no reason to be suspenseful about it. You know, um, if you've got your journals, you probably already know what we're talking about this morning. Uh, but this morning, we're talking about the church as a, um, as a picnic of outreach. And so this morning, uh, we're going to uh, read our passage. It's Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. And as we read it, it'll probably be a very familiar story to you. And you'll probably recognize it as one of the greatest picnics of all time. So, Mark 6, 30-44. Hear now the word of our Lord. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of His Holy Spirit. Amen.
I probably don't need to tell you all that it's been a it's been a strange school year. Um, you know, my kids have just started their uh, their new semester, and um, uh, they all got their schedules a couple of weeks ago. And uh, and Nora Grace is taking Spanish. Um, I was kind of excited uh, when I found out Nora was taking Spanish because um, I really uh, want my kids to to learn and know Spanish. Um, I, I think it's just a really important skill in today's world. I really wish I'd paid better attention in Spanish class. You know, I took Spanish 1 in high school, uh, 1 and 2, and it, it was a requirement, but I was, I, I was the king in the back of the class that was just sort of, you know, had his arms crossed and was saying, I'm never going to need this, right? <laughs> this isn't important. Why, why are we learning this? I remember I did that all through through their Spanish one. This, this this is stupid. This is this isn't important. Um, and that summer, <laughs> that summer, tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. That summer, I found myself in the mountains of Peru um, on a mission trip. Where I don't know if you know this, everybody speaks Spanish. Now, that trip, that trip to Peru, was one of the greatest experiences of my life. It was life-changing. I mean, what you picture when you picture Peru, you probably picture, you know, big uh, mountains and, uh, and llamas everywhere and indigenous people and, and, and colorful outfits. And I'm here to tell you that is exactly what it was like. Just thinking back on it is like, it's like trying to remember a dream. So we were there um, on this mission trip uh, and, and we set up this, uh, this medical clinic in a very small village. And this medical clinic, uh, we, we had doctors in different disciplines. We had an eye doctor. Um, uh, we had a dentist there. Um, we had a general practitioner. Um, and, and then we had, a, uh, we, we had some pastors and, and, and a prayer tent praying with people. And so people, you know, they, they would come to this clinic and they, they'd go through all the rooms and, and get their needs met. Now, my job, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was like 18. <laughs> my job um, was, was not to help in, in these medical rooms. My job was to sort of lead um, the other youth in leading vacation Bible school. You know, our, our, our idea was, you know, there are going to be kids and families that are going to be waiting their turn to go into the clinic. And so we would have vacation Bible school with them. And um, I was, I was the, the oldest youth there, president of the youth group, you know. So, so I got to sort of uh, lead this crew. Well, the first day we showed up, we set up, and people kind of trickled in. Um, you know, it, it was a steady pace throughout the day, people that lived in that village, um, and, but, but we saw just about everybody in that village that had a need, and uh, we really didn't, um, you know, people just kind of, they came in, they, they went out, and we really didn't have much time to spend uh, with anybody in, in line having vacation Bible school with them. 
Um, and so I just, you know, we had done all this work, collected all this stuff, you know, got all ready. And it was kind of a bummer. But the next day, the next day, uh, we showed up to the work site to, to set up the clinic again. And people had come from all over. Word had gotten out that there was a medical clinic in the area. And when we got there in the morning, there were already hundreds of people waiting. People, um, uh, as our passage says, from all the surrounding villages. And, I, and, 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 and it was overwhelming. You know, we had to, we had to uh, take, a, take a little marker and put numbers on, on, on people's hands so that, you know, they knew what order they, they were allowed to go through the clinic. And us VBS people, uh, we were just all, all morning and all afternoon um, playing games with the kids, teaching people about Jesus, just, just doing our best. Me wishing I knew more Spanish than I did the whole time. Well, it got to about 2 o'clock, and we had just finished our lunch break, and there were these families, these people that had been sitting there all morning, hundreds of them, and they were looking hungry. Now, I had this whole list of reasons why this was not my problem, <laughs> right? Uh, I didn't come to feed people. I came uh, to, to meet spiritual needs, to teach children about Jesus. Um, I really didn't have anything to feed them with. Uh, you know, honestly, um, if, 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 if they were coming, they, they probably should have brought a lunch with them. You know, why would they just, you know, uh, leave their home without bringing lunch? They, they should have brought lunch with them. I, I had all of these sort of reasons why this wasn't my problem. Well, there are some other people in the group that said, you know, we really, we really, 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 we, we need to feed these people. What are we going to do? You know, um, there, there, there were other people in the group that were, that, that were moved by compassion. They said, you know, th these people have been sitting here all day. They're getting hungry. Some of them have hours to go before their number is called. What are we going to do? See, I thought about that experience this week. Because in our passage this morning, the disciples are going through something similar. An unexpected crowd has just showed up. Right? Just, just come out of the woodwork. But people heard that, that the healer was in town, that, that the person that, that, could, that, that, that could meet their need, and, and suddenly uh, people have just come from all over the place. And the disciples, they see a problem. They look around at all these people and, 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 and see a drain on resources, right? No, they've got their own lunches that they brought to eat. And, uh, and, you know, uh, they're looking around with a lot of the same questions I had. You know, if, if, if these people, uh, if, 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 if they left their villages to do for the day, why didn't they bring lunch with them? <laughs> you know, um, you know they, they should go somewhere else and eat. I, they, they, they look at Jesus and they say, hey, send them away to the surrounding villages. Uh, let, them, let, let them go have lunch and then maybe they can come back. 
But Jesus, he looks at the need he sees around him, and he has compassion. He's overwhelmed with compassion. Um, the, 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 the Greek literally says he is moved in his guts. Right, because because Hebrew people believed that uh, that that the seat of the emotion was right here in the guts, right? Not not in the heart, but in the guts. And, and Jesus, I guess a good translation is his stomach was all tied up in knots. Isn't that great? Jesus looks at these people, and uh, and his stomach is all tied up in knots. He cares about them. He wants to see their needs met. So we've got this strange idea, I think, that, that Jesus only cares about souls. That he only cares about people's spiritual needs. And, and that, you know, physical needs are maybe secondary to Jesus. But Jesus looks at these people and he cares about the rumbly tummies. He cares. Jesus Jesus is the Lord of rumbly tummies. I don't know where we get this idea that he only cares about souls, that he only cares about the spiritual. Jesus cares deeply about the physical needs of the people he sees around him. That's why he's always healing. That's why he's always uh, uh, causing the, the, the blind to see and the lame to walk. Because he cares about people's physical needs. See, like the disciples, we try to keep Jesus in the area of the spiritual, right? But Jesus cares deeply about human suffering. It ties his stomach in knots. He won't listen to reason because he's overwhelmed with compassion. So Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, you give them something to eat. See, Jesus is the Lord of rumbly tummies. And his response is to demand our action. Just as Jesus looked at his disciples and challenged them to respond to human need, so he challenges us to respond to human need. He challenges us to respond to the suffering we see around us. And we see a lot of suffering right here in our own communities. According to Feeding America, there are about 2,140 food insecure people in Grayson County. That's 13.5% of the population. It's higher among children. In Southwest Virginia, one out of every six children is food insecure. Jesus cares about rumbly tummies. He is the Lord of rumbly tummies. And he's telling us, you give them something to eat. Did you know that Grayson and Carroll County have both recently been, uh, been declared high-intensity drug trafficking areas? That's because uh, as, as opioid addiction... And, uh, and meth use and, and other drug use has been on the rise. 
that, that government, government agencies have realized that these two counties are um, especially vulnerable and need special resources. Jesus cares about the addicted in our community. And he's looking at us this morning and he's saying, you give them something. You give them something. Did you know the state of Virginia is among the worst states for mental health? We have a 7.9% rate of major depression-related episodes, like suicide attempts and things like that. Those numbers, those Virginia numbers, are driven by the depression mental health crisis in Southwest Virginia. Now, I'm gonna be honest, some of these stats are a couple years old. But do you think the pandemic has made hunger better or worse? Do you think the pandemic has made drug use better or worse? Do you think the pandemic has been better or worse for mental health? We've not even talked about domestic violence. We've not even talked about the foster care crisis in our community. Jesus cares deeply about about every single person suffering in our midst. He wants their needs to be met. And this morning he's looking at the church and saying, you give them something. You give them something. And so we are challenged this morning to be a picnic in the wilderness. To meet the needs of the suffering where, where they are at with what we have. We're called to go into the desolate places in our communities to spread out our blankets, to open our baskets, and to stay a while. Spread out our blankets, open our baskets, and stay a while. Each of those little statements could be their own sermon, right? Um, when I'm talking about spreading out our blankets, that's, you know, this beautiful image of a picnic in the wilderness means that we are called out of the comfort of our own homes. Right? When you go on a picnic, um, you're, you're away from the comfort of your own home. You're setting up something like, like what you have at home there in the midst of the woods, there in the midst of the wilderness. You're, you're putting a table where there was no table. You're putting a meal where there was no meal. And that is exactly what we're called to do in our communities, to make ourselves at home where we're not at home, to, to open our baskets. That means giving of our resources, bringing abundance where there was scarcity. And we're called to stay a while. The great thing about picnics is, is they build relationships, they build community. Think back to all of the uh, church picnics that, that you've been a part of over the years. Well, I, I'm thinking of, uh, of, of the picnic that we had a couple years ago. One of my 
the first things I got to do here um, was that picnic that we had at the river. There's something about a picnic that builds community, that builds relationships. If we're going to meet the needs in our community, the physical needs, if we're going to fill the, the rumbly tummies in our community, we have to be willing to stay a while to build relationships. I'm willing to bet of all the visions that we've discussed, right? The, the, the house of worship, the, 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 the boat of, 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 of witness, the tree of nurture. I'm willing to bet this idea of a picnic, of outreach, of our giving of our resources to meet the needs in our community, I'm willing to bet this is the most controversial. I'm willing to bet that, that, that this vision will see the most resistance. This, this is where we get our backs up against the wall and we start, like the disciples, we start making excuses. Right? That's not really our job. You know, send them to you know, a place that's better equipped to do this. Let, let, let's bring the government in and, and have them you know, take on this problem. It's, it's really bigger than us. And the biggest lie of all that we tell to, to let ourselves off the hook we don't have the resources. We don't have the resources. So the disciples tried that, right? They said, well, all, I mean, all we have is, is, is you know, uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. We can't feed the people with that. We, we don't have the resources. Now, it wasn't true for them and it's not true for us. First of all, most of us have the resources, right? You know, we, we could invest some of our own money in meeting other people's needs. The, the, the rock bottom, the, the honest truth, the molten hot core of it is we don't want to part with our resources. Is that we haven't decided in our hearts that it's a good use of our money. And even if that were true, even if we genuinely, we just decided we don't have the resources. <laughs> there are so many resources available to us. We can partner with, with other churches. We can partner with, uh, with local government. Um, the, the, the Holston Conference has grants. Right? All you have to do is say, uh, we see a need in our community. We're starting a ministry to, to help meet that need. And, 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 and the Holston Conference will, 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 will reward us with the grant and, and help us start meeting those needs. Because they believe in this vision of the church as a picnic of outreach. But even if that were true, even if, if we ourselves didn't have the resources, and even if we, we didn't have access to other resources, if we really, truly, as a church, just didn't have two nickels to rub together to help others, and we couldn't raise it or find it if we wanted to, that would still be a weak-sauce argument for inaction. That would still be a poor excuse why? Because Jesus, the Lord of rumbly tummies, is also the multiplier 
of fishes and loaves. If Jesus can make a picnic for 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, just imagine what he can do with what we got. Jesus isn't interested in the size of our inventory. He's interested in the size of our hearts. He's interested not in, 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 in the depth of our resources, but the depth of our compassion. He wants us to be moved by the things that move him. He wants our stomach to be tied in knots about the need that we see around us. He will make that picnic happen. Our problem is not our resources. Our problem is our hearts. We need to develop a heart for our community. We need to decide that as long as, as the Bridal Creek Circuit is in Grayson County, Grayson County does not grow hungry. We need to decide that, that as long as, as the Bridal Creek Circuit is in Grayson County, the addiction will not be in Grayson County. Drugs will not be in Grayson County. We need to decide that as long as the Bridal Creek Circuit is in, in Grayson County, every foster child will have a home. Our stomach needs to be tied up in knots about the need we see around us. Let go of what you have. Put it in the hands of the Lord. Rumbly tummies. Watch him take it. Bless it. And multiply it. So there I was in Peru. I was looking out over hundreds of hungry faces. Had these other kids in the youth group looking to me, you know, this 18-year-old <laughs> kid. What are we going to do? How are we going to feed these people? My first instinct was to look to the adults, but the adults were all busy running the medical clinic. And then I remembered, as we were driving into town, I saw this place called a panaderia. I don't even think I said that right. Uh, the, the only thing I, I knew about it was it had the word pan in it, which somehow, in, in this wrinkly muscle between my ears, I remembered from that, that, that Spanish classic I didn't pay much attention to, that pan meant bread. So I knew that there was a place in town that had something to do with bread. So, uh, we walked to the panaderia. Well, this panaderia is also, you know, the man's house. Uh, he's, he's got a shop in the front, house in the back. The shop is really small. It's got a counter. It's, you know, it's got, got some bread. And then everyone just sort of looked to me because, you know, I, I supposedly knew some Spanish. And so I tried to figure out how I was going to ask for this bread. I remember pan, and so I said, cuando pan, and cuando pan means 
what time is bread? <laughs> right? I was trying to ask uh, uh, how much for the bread. And I, I eventually find it. Quantos uh, por pan? And, uh, and then, you know, he asked me how much. And I tried to remember how much. Uh, todos. All of it. <laughs> right? I'll have all of your bread. And, uh, and so uh, he gave me a number. And we all just kind of reached into our pockets and, and pulled out our crumpled bills and, and our coins and trying to, and, and I'm here to tell you that's exactly how much we had together. So we bought all this bread um, and, uh, and, and, and bought up the whole shop. And so the man has his sons um, uh, put the bread in the bags, and we're carrying bags and bags, and he has his, his sons carry carry the bags, and we go back to the we go back to the clinic. We begin passing out these loaves of bread and cups of water. Right? I don't know any Spanish. I don't remember how I knew this. But I remembered the word in Spanish for I serve is sirvo, yo sirvo. I remembered Christ was Cristo. So I told everyone in our group, as we hand out this bread, say, yo sirvo in Cristo. I serve in Christ. And so we did. We handed out bread to all these hundreds of hungry people saying, Yo sirvo in Cristo. And apparently we were saying it right because they nodded and smiled as we handed the bread. The next day, the, the panaderia was ready for us, right? They already had the bread bagged up and they even threw in some cakes for extra measure. Like I said, that trip to Peru was life-changing. But not because of the mountain llamas and, 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 and the colorful outfits. It was life-changing because I witnessed the amazing thing that happens when God's people reach out in compassion. I saw the sick healed. I saw the blind receive their sight. I saw 500 people fed with what change I happened to be carrying in my pocket. Friends, brothers and sisters, we are surrounded by need. The need that, that, that yes, can be counting and cataloged and turned into statistics but also the need that most people will never see but it's there the people in our community and in our world need a picnic in their midst and you and I are not limited by our resources we are only limited by our compassion this morning, the voice of Jesus calls to us all. Listen to the voice of the Lord of rumly tummies 
I'm the multiplier of fishes and loaves. He calls out to each of us. Les das algo de comer. Les das algo de comer. Les das algo de comer. You give them something to eat. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.